Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your moderator. My name is Diane Martin-Liebert, and I'm ta speaking today with the candidates for Madison City Council uh, District 14, Sherry Carter and John Stresser. And welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you. You will each have three minutes to give an opening statement, which answers the following question. What educational, vocational, or civic experience do you have which qualifies you for this office, and why are you running for the Madison Common Council? And Sherry, we're going to start with you. Thank you. I'm a native Madisonian and alumni of Madison West High School and the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I've spent over 15 years in community service working with um, South Metropolitan Planning Council, 13 neighborhoods under their umbrella, and also I'm the president of Arbor Hills Neighborhood Association. One thing I've found out is that through my community service, both businesses and neighborhoods need a strong voice. And I have worked with multi-million dollar developments such as Arborgate, but I've also worked with smaller developers. One of the things that I look at is that my concerns are my neighborhood's concerns. I'm concerned with crime. I'm concerned with job development, economic development. And also, I'm concerned with sustainability of our nature areas. I feel that one of the things that I bring to the the district and the common council is that I'm a voice for the neighborhood. I have listened to the residents of each of the neighborhoods and I have tried to work with them on projects with city staff and also state staff. I was a government liaison for many nonprofit um, organiz nonprofit organization and also worked as liaison for my own neighborhood when it came to trying to help Leopold neighborhood turn around. At that time, we actually uh, collaborated with the Arbor, Arboretum, the police, and the town of Madison to work on both Leopold neighborhood and also Alhambra Apartments, which is now um, River um, Woods. So with that said, I just feel that I, have I am bringing to the uh, Common Council, the strong voice of the neighborhood. Let's see our residents finally be represented. Thank you. Thank you. John? Thank you. Um, I'm John Strasser, and I'm the incumbent. Two years ago, I decided to run for office primarily because I felt that we were not being represented in, in City Hall with the current alder. The previous alder had been in office for 28 years, and and there was a lot of inertia and lack of momentum compared to the rest of the city. I come out of a background in politics. My uh, education is in political science. I've always been involved in politics. But in 2011, with uh, the protests here at the Capitol, I started to become more involved in being active in politics. So I 
became an active member of the local Democratic Party, uh, was a delegate to the Democratic National Convention. I've helped many people on their campaigns, statewide and local races. And it became obvious that I had what it takes to be elected myself. In the last two years, I think I have accomplished everything that I had talked about in my campaign two years ago. Uh, number one, we've improved communication and accessibility to City Hall. Nobody goes more than a day or two before they hear back from me when they call. Usually I answer the phone myself. I give out my cell phone number, some of the business cards. Um, I will meet with anybody and have met with anybody who's asked for a, a meeting. Um, and I, I find myself, I allow myself to be accessible to everybody in the community, even those outside the district. I've taken on several citywide projects that have a direct benefit to South Madison. Um, I'm on the Transportation Master Plan Oversight Committee where we're trying to use a comprehensive development and transportation tool to focus economic activity in specific areas of the district. And my goal is to bring that, that first district to South Madison. Um, I've learned how to manage my way around City Hall. I know, I know who to go to when I need something done. And I think that my record of actual accomplishments in office, uh, tangible things that I can point to to say that I have done this, um, makes me the candidate that's uh, deserving a re-election. Thank you. Okay, John, you get this question. What one issue involving your district resident needs do you want to be a particular advocate for, and what will you propose as a solution or solutions for it? Well, everybody hears about the disparity gap in Madison, and a lot of that is, is focused in and around South Madison as one of the areas that people point to as an example of the disparity gap. Uh, for so long, and my, my belief that the, the gap exists in South Madison is because of the inertia of the last decades of, the, of having the same alder, with focusing city assets on non-economic development projects, things that do not bring jobs to folks. And after 30 years of this type of investment, we have the gap. So I believe that a comprehensive economic development policy is what is needed for South Madison. And that means you coordinate city investment, private partnerships, um, targeting the skill set and the, and the experience level of the folks who need jobs. It doesn't do any good to bring the healthcare corridor from all the way down Park Street to the Beltline if we don't have folks in the 14th District who have the background and degrees to do the work. So we need to be able to target our job creation to the skill level of the folks who need it today. And that will create stability in households where then folks can then start taking advantage of the programs for advancement that we have. Thank you. Sherry? Can you <clears throat> repeat the question? What one issue involving your district resident needs do you want to be a particular advocate for, and what will you propose as a solution? Well, I think that um, the disparity issue is, is a big issue, but also transportation. You can't have economic development without having transportation. And one of the things is, is we have to get the people to where the jobs are. We also need jobs in South Madison, but there's plenty of jobs other areas where they could get to if our transportation was a little bit better. So we need to focus on that. 
the other thing is, is that we have a wonderful resource, which is Madison College, which is right across the street from Bram Edition neighborhood. Um, we need to really begin promoting that. And I've worked with one of the um, staffers at Madison College to work on promoting what they can do and job training. In addition to that, we have to look at scholarships and grants for further education. And once we get all of that together and accessible to the residents, not only in Bram Edition, but Burr Oaks and Leopold um, in other areas, once we get that accessible to them, that information out, and we will see an increase in jobs. But transportation is definitely needed. Thank you. Okay, Sherry, this one's yours. Dane County Executive Joe Parisi has come out with specific measures to work on the intertwined issues of poverty and racial disparities. What do you see as the role for the City Council on these issues, and what specific measures do you support to assist in this regard? Do you have other ideas for the city to deal with these problems? Well, I think this is one of the things that I think that we can do hand in hand. I mean, the city of Madison is part of Dane County. And so we need to really collaborate on these programs and really look at resolutions and resolve. One of the things that I think, and there's many programs out there, uh, I'm sure everyone's aware there's a lot of service organizations in the area, but one of the things that I don't see is everyone at the same table. Duplication is one of the things that hurt us the most. So I would like to see everyone at the same table and really try to resolve this issue. Thank you, Jen. Um, <clears throat> The city and the county have very specific areas of responsibility and specific tools in their toolbox. Uh, for instance, the city is the economic driver of uh, the area. We have TIF policy. We have land use policy. Uh, we're the ones who go out and recruit and do uh, uh, employment retention programs. The county takes more of a broader uh, view from a higher altitude than the city. Yes, there should be better coordination, but this, this disparity gap, which is basically what this question is asking, um, can't be, there is no single, single solution for it. Going back, transportation, transportation-oriented development, which is a very specific type of development, uh, I had a proposal for a new transit hub in South Madison, removing the South Transfer Point and creating a transfer hall where all modes of transportation come and, and intertwine. Park and ride, intercity buses, intracity buses, bicycle, pedestrian, everything comes here and you create foot traffic and you generate economic activity. This is all city investment and city doing. The county doesn't play much of a role in that other than on the outskirts of how it integrates the broader system into the county. Um, so it's just a, it's an understanding of who has what tools in the toolbox and then looking to see where there's synergies. Okay, thank you. Okay, uh, John, you get this one. Um, okay, how are you preparing to be part of the Council grappling with the ramifications for the city 
of the governor's budget proposals, which most likely will be passed by the state legislature. Um, and you're going to find a common theme here. We're coming back to transportation. And the transportation master plan that we're working on now that I'm a member of specifically tries to design a process that encourages investment and residential development in transportation corridors. So when you have investment in corridors that already have existing infrastructure, the resulting property tax increment gain can go towards other city project projects and the budget. Whereas if you had no plan and just developers were going where the land was the cheapest, um, the, the property tax increment that's generated then has to go to extend city infrastructure services to those developments. For instance, we're having to build a new fire station and police station, the fire station primarily because the city has grown and the population has grown away from where there's infrastructure. So we have to use all that property tax that's generated from that development to pay for the infrastructure to support it. If that same development happened in a high-density corridor where the infrastructure already exists, almost all of that property tax increment can go to the budget for other things. So in the long term, unless we have something, some change in the state, this is the only way I see of being able to balance our budget and not have to reduce services for the city. Thank you. Sherry? Well, I think that for the most part, developers are going to go where the land is the cheapest. Um, infill is always great and always much better and sustainable, I feel, for our services. But the bottom line is, is that Madison is going to continue to grow. We're going to have it on two fronts, infill and expansion. And what we really need to look at is even though we're going to be using a lot of our services for those developers who go out to the fringes, what we really need to look at is how we're going to balance the services that are being provided and the money, which is the tax money, and how we're going to overcome bringing the services out to those areas and still being able to collect enough taxes on those properties. That is a balancing act, and that is something that's going to take more than one discussion. Okay. Sherry, this is yours. The neighborhoods of your district are not in the areas where development issues are often focused. How do you prioritize developments such as uh, the Judge Doyle Square, the public market, and the Garver Feed Mill? And how do you see yourself representing your district in the discussion and votes on these developments? Well, I think you have to look at two things. One is my district has, has interests and concerns that I would have to focus on. But we are part of the city of Madison. So we will be looking at how these different projects benefit the whole. And I'm going to tell you that the city of Madison is a wonderful place to live. Everyone wants to live there, obviously. But one of the things that we have to really look at is the concerns of the neighborhoods and the concerns of Madison, the city of Madison as a whole, and even the concerns of the neighborhoods that are around these projects because they also have an interest in it. I think that the three projects that you mentioned are wonderful projects. I think that people from my district will um, support those projects, 
and some of them will need transportation to get there. So I hope we have a, have these things on a bus line. But others in our district will be able to get there on their own freely. I think it really represents the growth of the city. And I think that some of the growth of the city needs to be um, sustainable. But these three projects are very exciting. Thank you. John? How much time to discuss this? <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes. Um, <laughs> um, kind of take them in order. <clears throat> when you look at a map and you look at District 14, one thing that you notice right away is that the commercial corridors that already exist in the district are extensions of the downtown, the university, the isthmus, and the Beltline. So we are, this district is fairly unique in that we are heavy in residential, but we also have a lot of commercial interests. Um, the problem is that the commercial interests that we have in our district are not sufficient to stop the leakage of economic activity out of the district. When you have economic leakage out of, the, out of your district, that's how you create poverty and disparity gaps. Um, so what, going back to transportation, um, transportation is being one way of bringing jobs at the skill level that folks can use and take advantage of the opportunity into the district. It also connects a lot of the areas like Park Street and John Nolan Drive with downtown. That means that the Judge Doyle Square project, in a, in a well-planned transportation environment, becomes an extension of, of our district. It's just a short trip down the, the causeway on John Nolan Drive, and you're right, um, right at Monona Terrace. Monona Terrace is, can be developed as a bookend to Olin Turville Park, which is in the 14th district. Uh, part of it's in the 13th, but the bulk is mm -hmm. in the 14th. Um, and that is one of the most underutilized um, areas in the city that has so much potential. That John Nolan Drive corridor has the potential for close to $100 million for the development um, just in the next few years if we have an uh, active transportation plan that guides investment mm -hmm. there. The public market, I, I'm on that committee. Um, I, right now, I can't vote for the public market. It has, it has morphed so far away from its original um, concept that is turning into a east side farmer's market, and that's that we can't afford that. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> okay, now this one, um, you get John. Which one or two policy issues do you see yourself having or gaining deeper knowledge about, and why will this focus be or of benefit to your district's residents? We keep coming back to transportation. Um, the future of Madison lies in a healthy, well-thought-out transportation master plan. Um, the city sent me, some other alders, and staff to Europe, and we met with transportation planners in European cities of comparable size. And what becomes very obvious is that Folks are willing to, to do away with things like automobiles if they can still have the same quality of life without having one. But that requires a, a, a very thought-out transportation system. Uh, so implementing the transportation master plan and integrating it with our comprehensive plan is going to be one of the biggest challenges for the city council 
in the near future and that has a direct impact on the economic activity of our district that can help stop that leakage of economic activity out of the district making it a healthy district and that will help close the disparity gap thank you okay sherry well i think that two things i i think that is economic development and transportation but more importantly i think that we have to look at how businesses view having coming to madison to do business and we really need to work on not only our view of businesses coming in but also lending a open ear to businesses not necessarily saying that every business we're going to accept with open arms and give money to money to but an open ear to the variety of businesses that could come especially businesses that could come into district 14 i think we have to really look carefully about those businesses there's a lot of infill there's not a lot of empty land in business 14 i mean in district 14 we have to look at that the other thing that we have to look at is um the food desert and how we are going to turn that around it all goes back to economic development it goes back to transportation but you can't do anything if you're hungry thank you okay okay now we're at the one minute closing statement time and you start sherry oh okay thank you <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm just really concerned about what my neighbors are concerned about they're concerned about crime they're concerned about the homeless they're concerned about the increase in heroin use and the recent gang activity the disparity in racial equity all these things that are facing madison including economic development transportation one thing i can say is that district 14 is so rich in culture and language and spaces and stories that i would like to bring to to the common council we are a unique district we're a great district and together we can make district 14 better it brings to mind working with a a fellow neighbor who needed to get some services 87 years old didn't know where to go i connected him with the different services with energy services i connected them him with um another service that would give him a new furnace this is what we need to do we need to be able to navigate the city the staff the government and we also need to be able to make the city of madison a better place thank Sorry. you it's <laughs> okay <laughs> john um one of the things that most that i was most surprised about in my first two years as as district 14 alder was the amount of constituent service that the district requires a day does not go by that i do not get at least five or six emails that require action on behalf of, of a resident if not direct phone calls um and that has been what has really been lacking in in south madison is that access to government i had one phone call a guy didn't know why the city had taken down his fence i hopped in my car drove four blocks over to see what he was talking about figured out it wasn't the city it was mg&e and got him uh, squared away in within an hour so <clears throat> i made a commitment 2 years ago and i'll make it again tonight is that i leave my cell phone number on my business cards and on my website and on the city's website and anybody at any time can get a hold of me and i will meet with anybody on any topic 
and I will listen to your concerns. Okay, thank, thank you. you both. Unfortunately, we are now out of, out of time. And I'd like to thank both of your candidates and the viewing audience. Um, I want to remind everybody that Election Day is Tuesday, April 7th. Please vote. And if you'd like more information about voting procedures or actually the candidates uh, by opt obtaining one of the League's Candidates Answers publications, please call, call the League office at 232-9447 or visit our website at lwvdanecounty.org. On behalf of Madison City Channel and the Dane County League of Women Voters, I thank you.